Hey, what is going on, guys? It is your boy, Josiah. And it's your boy, Justin. We are so happy to be back. The Prison Podcast, episode four, y'all. What we got today, Justin? Yes, sir. We've got our last episode on the book, Relationship Goals by Michael Todd. Can't awesome. be more excited to wrap this series up with you guys. And uh, we just hope that you've you know gotten something out of it to better your relationship, whether it's with your spouse, your friends, your family, and more importantly, God. Yeah. Um, such a great book, and I'm just so glad that we were able to do this. It's awesome, man. We are going through chapters seven through nine today. We're going to get right into it, y'all. Chapter seven, all tied up. That's the title of chapter seven, all tied up. And we're going to be focusing on soul ties today. And we're going to be talking about what that is and what that even means. And we're going to be diving into the soul and the human soul and how it plays a part in our relationships. So Michael Todd quotes this. He says, the soul is made up of three distinct parts, the mind, the will and the emotions. Your mind is how you think, your will is what you desire, and your emotions display how you feel. So these are all a crucial part in what makes up our soul and how we are interacting with our soul in relationships and in life in general. And you know, he defines a soul tie as, you know, soul ties happen when someone allows their soul to become attached to someone or something that has the power to affect them. Mm. So either this soul tie it affects uh, a part of your soul whether that's affecting your mind uh, your will or your emotions and we see a lot of um, positive and godly soul ties and on the other side of that we see a lot of ungodly and unhealthy soul ties yeah that's right yeah we've got you know when you look at soul ties there's always good where there's good there's bad yeah and um, you know God gives us a lot of good godly soul ties one of those things is marriage God looks at marriage as being like the big soul tie that he gives us because we're coming together with somebody else and we're turning into one. Mm. And, you know, if you're married, God wants you and your husband or wife to be connected on a soul level, meaning spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, you guys are working to fulfill each other's desires for as long as you guys live. Mm. And that may sound scary, but that's the sacrifice that you're having in marriage. It's big. It's huge. When there's good, there's bad. And I really want to dive into this, um, the ungodly soul ties and the biggest one being sex mm. i know we talked about sex last week but we're going to bring this up again in this one because um it's such a big point in this book um especially sex out of the covenant and mm. sex out of marriage yeah where there's godly soul ties there's ungodly soul ties and some examples of those are kind of like <laughs> pimps prostitutes gang members etc i feel like michael todd uses those examples pretty well because these are people that kind of lead um the other people in their lives astray they can set them up for abusive relationships they can even you know give them false teaching on how to live their life Mm. and you you can even have soul ties to not only people but things as well Mm. and the biggest thing that i want us to talk about is sex outside of marriage Mm. Um, marriage without covenant. And it starts off with a great verse, 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know what your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said that two will become one flesh, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So sex builds a bond between two people. And uh, Michael Todd says this, casual sex 
sex equals casual sex. And when you have sex with someone, you're, you're connecting more than just physically. Mm-hmm. You're, God made sex a gateway to connect spiritually, emotionally with your partner. And essentially, you're marrying that person every time you have sex. Yeah. You're, really di- you're connecting with them on such a whole nother level that we shouldn't just take lightly and do casually. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what society is doing today is they're looking at sex as like a casual thing. Yeah. That's why, unfortunately, we see it in like the film industry. We see pornography and all these other things that sex isn't like glorified like it should be yeah god made it so god wants us to do it right but he doesn't want us to abuse it so when sex is done in the right context in the covenant then that's when it is a healthy soul tie that's actually bringing us together even more but when sex is done outside of the covenant outside of that covenant of marriage that god has called us to that's when it starts to become unhealthy and and these soul ties they start to affect us maybe in a negative way and in the end it can really demolish us it can really hurt us and we have to be careful of who we are we are giving that part of our lives to mm-hmm. and who we're letting that affect absolutely and you know michael todd he says some great quotes here you know uh, he talks about protecting our bodies and he says you might be able to protect your physical body against things that can be transmitted sexually but what about the things that are transmitted spiritually mm. you know sex is it's a physical thing but just as much as it is physical it's yeah. also it's it's spiritual and it's emotional and there's a lot more than just the physical side to sex now i love this quote that michael todd says there's no condom for your heart Mm. and you know there's a physical protection that we have while we're engaging in sex but as i said before you know sex goes so much further than just the physical side there's an emotional side uh, there's a mental side there's a spiritual side to sex Mm. and we have to be extra careful in our protection of our heart and protecting our heart Mm. and the only one that can do that is god that's right and there are ways that we can practice safe sex and michael todd comes up with this great acronym for safe sex yeah so yeah i know you guys have probably heard about safe sex in school but we're going to really teach you the real safe sex and if there's one thing out of this whole episode that i want you to write down it's these four things right here so the s sacred this sex is sacred you know it holds great weight and worth and it's connected and dedicated to god god made sex for us but he made it to where it should only be between a man and a woman he wants He wants it to hold a heavy load of emotion, not only in our hearts, but in our spirits, because Mm -hmm. it's so special. A, anointed. Anointed means it has God's stamp of approval. Mm. God thinks sex is good. He wants it to be good, but he just wants you to do it within the covenant between a married man and a woman. We need to step away from this idea that sex can just be done willy-nilly with whoever we want, and it needs to be with our husband or our wife. F, faithful. Remember, God remains faithful to us. We need to do so and be faithful to him. We need to live our life faithful to God, and when you're, you're seeing temptation... And these kind of things happen in your life, you need to switch it up, figure out how you can fix it to where that doesn't happen between you and your significant other until you reach that covenant of marriage. Mm. Lastly, E, exclusive. Now, we're going to talk about this more in the next chapter and how oneness and how um, 
unfortunately we see in society today that this kind of thing can be with more than one person we see that but michael todd really elaborates on that in the next chapter on how all these things need to be with just one other person Mm. and we'll talk about that uh, later on the next chapter um but just in general having sex outside of marriage affects the core of who you are as a human yeah it can create scars it can create you know just bad uh juju in general but proverbs 423 i really like this verse above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it Mm. i think that's so good and that ties in so well with this um there's no condom for your heart so guard your heart Mm -hmm. allow god to guard your heart right so it's only you and god who are fighting against the evil things that can attack your heart and then whatever gets to your heart is going to be what's flowing out in you right so i feel like the biggest thing that we need to get out of this is we need to guard our hearts and we need to wait for marriage to indulge in the beauty of sex definitely i think that's so good dude and you know we've been talking about how this sexual connection it creates this soul tie Mm. and i love this other quote michael Todd says you know when you are in covenant this connection the sexual connection it forms a godly soul tie it it produces a beautiful intimacy Mm. but when you're not in that covenant it produces dangerous detours Mm. you know we see the difference between that godly and that ungodly soul tie again you know what's going to provide a beautiful intimacy what god created was supposed to be was supposed to be beautiful was supposed to bring life and instead it turned into a dangerous detour something that was unexpected maybe a a child that you can't afford maybe a child that you didn't even want it can produce so many ugly things right and you know what sexual sin it can be an assault to your purpose mm. wow and like that can completely like we talked about that detour yeah it can completely take you in a different direction than where god is calling That's you right he may say you know what i want you to go here but because of this sexual sin it caused you to take another route mm. and it will take you either longer to get to your purpose or it will never you'll never even reach your mm. destination and that's a scary thought so if you feel like you're um feeling some type of way about this and you feel like you're going down that path uh he goes into these great things talking about cutting it out in in general yeah um and he's got these four little points call it confess it confess it cancel it and cast it and he starts off with call it you need to call out the thieves in your lives and remove them so whether that is you know a friend a relationship um a thing Mm. These things can be thieves and remove you from your purpose or on track to to your purpose that God has for you. And you need to be able to call those things out. And when we get to the cancel it part, removing it out of your lives. Next, you go into confessing it. God can't heal what you won't reveal. Mm. And when Michael Todd, when I saw that in the book, I was like, whoo preach it sir because that is so true yeah god may know that you're dealing with these problems but he wants you to recognize them and reveal them to him mm. so once he sees that you recognize it then he knows that he can step in and help and even confessing it to others mm. so others along your path can help you too that's right yeah. yeah opening up about you know these issues that you're having we should never bottle up all our emotions and how we're feeling because it's just like it's going to set up to explode at some point. It's like yeah. shaking up a Coke, a Coke can or something and then throwing it up. It's right. got all that tension. It's going to explode. So that's great. Next, cancel it. Just like we said at the top, 
I call it. You find these thieves in your life, you need to remove it. And he uses a good visual with how, like, a television network, they'll cancel a TV show if it's not, you know, producing mm. well. But not only will they take it off the network, they'll try to remove all traces of it. It's just like, oh, that was so bad. Yeah. I don't want anybody to remember that. That should be just like with the bad soul ties that you have in your life. Whether it's a person or a thing, you need to completely remove it out of your life, remove all traces of it, and go to things that are going to be good soul ties for you. And lastly, cast it. This is a time to not be ashamed when you're recognizing all these other things about bad soul ties. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Mm. God's prepared to take all these things, all these burdens off of your chest and take care of them. But you need to go to him first. You can't do this on your own. And when you're struggling with all these uh, bad people and things in your life that are keeping you from your purpose, mm -hmm. you need to get rid of them. And yeah. God will help you if you go out and reach out to him. Wow. That's so good, man. I love that. And it goes to show, you know, we're not trapped by these unhealthy soul ties. Mm. You know, sex is power, but God has even more power. Mm. God is going to be the one that's going to be able to free us from these soul ties that may be pulling us back, that right. may be causing us to go another direction or causing us to take a detour. Mm. You know, sex is power, but God is so much more so powerful. Good. And we need to rely on him to get us out of that soul tie or either get us out of it or make it healthy. That's right. So that leads us right into chapter eight. And this chapter is called the triangle. This is such a great chapter. And this chapter is just talking about how to build a successful marriage. Right. So Justin, why don't you tell us about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah. So Michael Todd talks about this great little analogy. I want you to answer this for me. What is one plus one plus one? Three? Technically, yes, but in the sense of this, one plus one plus one should equal one. What? Yeah, so a man plus a woman plus God equals a complete relationship. So even though we have three separate parts, it should still turn into one. Mm. And when you have that, you just have one complete relationship and, and marriage, and that's what God wants from us. Mm. God is the key to a relationship when, when it comes to marriage. Wow. You don't have God in your relationship. The marriage isn't going to work. Mm. There's going to be some sin that's going to be um, penetrating the heart, whether it's of you or your spouse. Mm. And if you don't have God to complete that triangle and protect you, then Satan's going to win. Yeah. And um, this kind of goes, we're going to go back to this, uh, the safe word that we used in the last chapter, but we're going to end it on the E, exclusive, exclusiveness. And God wants in our marriage to have a sense of oneness, and that's where we're going to dive in with this. It's God's plan of oneness. Marriage is a reflection of the relationship God has with the church. Mm. The church is one. Right. And God is one. Yeah. He has a relationship with all the people in it, mm -hmm. but in reality, we're all the church. We're all one. Exactly. Yeah, marriage is a reflection of the relationship that God has with the church mm -hmm. and also with his people. You know, we see God's relationship throughout the Bible with people and even with us today. And, you know, it's this faithful and this sacrificial, this never-ending love. Yeah. And, you know, that's how our relationship is to be with our spouse. It's supposed to be sacrificial. It's supposed to be faithful no matter what. And that's that's hard to do, man. Yeah. That's hard to do. It's it's putting someone else's needs, someone else's wants above your own. That's right. That truly sacrificial way of loving. And it, it's hard. The real mark of love is giving. Mm -hmm. And giving takes sacrifice. That's right. It ultimately all goes back to sacrifice. That's, you're absolutely right. And when a lot of people don't understand, like, 
when you get into marriage, we're going to talk about this more in the next chapter. It's it's a lot more than just you know putting a ring on it. Mm. There's a lot of sacrifice and other things that you have to do in the marriage. Yeah. Um, but going back to this chapter, um, there's a segment that he talks about. First come ma- first comes marriage, yeah. then love. Mm. And I really thought, hmm, like how why would I marry someone before I love? It's so counterculture. And it, and you're right. It's counterculture in today's society. You feel like you have to really love someone before you marry them. Mm. Um, and in a sense, you do. But when you marry someone, you're gonna find a new sense of love. Mm. Um, he says. When you marry someone for the rest of your life, you find a new type of love for them. Wow. And I thought that was so good because society really does look at you need to love someone before you marry them. And you're going to find a new sense of love when you're willing to sacrifice, Mm. do the things that you don't want to typically do for this person because you found that new sense of love. Yeah. Michael Todd puts it this way. He says, most of us didn't learn to love God until after we got in covenant with Mm. him. Once we got in that covenant with him by his grace, then we started to progress in our relationship of walking in love with him. Mm. It's the same exact thing with the covenant of marriage. You know, we truly don't start to love what culture calls it. We don't really start that sacrificial, that true love, that same love that we see that Christ has for the church and that God has for the church mm-hmm. until after marriage. Yeah. You know, it's it's that getting up early to to make them co- a cup of coffee. Yeah. It's that you know, hey, honey, I'll take the kids to school today. It's that sacrificial, that selfless love that we learn through marriage. And we don't learn that until we get to marriage, until we get to that point. Yeah, and it's so cool, like, even just hearing you explain that, how God's relationship with the church and us relays into our relationship with our spouse. Mm. It's so cool how the dots connect. They're like parallel with each other. How we don't really know the full love of God until we get in that covenant with Mm. them. And it's the same with marriage. I think that's so cool. So when we find that love after marriage, the next step is having children. Mm. We want to make the next generation of uh, people of Christ and who love God. That's what God wants. But society kind of looks at it as like, you're obligated to have children if you get married. That's not necessarily the case. Mm. Now, God wants us to reproduce out of love, not dysfunction. Wow. So So we need to love like we love God and love each other so we can relay that into our children. Right. We can't be having dysfunction in our lives and then have children and then give them, you know, teach them how to live their life if it's dysfunctional. And it all goes back to that triangle, you know, creating that foundation to where everything points to God. And you're setting that up for generations, not only for your children, but for their children and their children. And a domino effect starts Mm -hmm. to happen. And it's awesome, dude. Like, that's what we need to set as a foundation. Absolutely. And when you have a broken triangle, you're exposing you know your hearts to sin and uh, temptation and when one side is yoked with God it's blocking off when you have that opening it, that other side can't come and block it there's only three sides to a triangle so if you were to move one side of the triangle you're opening up another side both sides need to be yoked to God and it creates that barrier mm. to block the hearts and you know the minds and all these things in the relationship and that sets you up for success when you're multiplying and having children that's good dude and god's plan is to unite and conquer god wants us to unite together as one and conquer and defeat sin Mm. and evil that's in this world 
But Satan's plan is to divide and conquer. He wants to see that opening in the triangle right. so he can break us apart and then separate two people. And when there's two people that are broken, then everything's open to sin. You've got broken you know, hearts as kids who have divorced parents, and it can kind of just lead that domino effect of destruction. Mm-hmm. So we need to have, especially if we're going to commit to a relationship and have children, have that strong foundation, have that strong barrier on that triangle of God being at the forefront. Yeah, dude, I love what you said about you know, God, his plan is to unite us mm-hmm. in this marriage, in this covenant. And, you know, in a marriage, God wants us to become one. He wants us to come together to unite as one. And Michael Todd, he writes an excellent acronym here, and it is one. He wants us to become one. Yeah. The first one is ownership. That's the O. And, you know, we have to realize in this relationship that God is the owner of our relationship. Mm. And because he's the owner, we have to be obedient, not only to our spouse, but also to God. And what the Bible says about our relationship and how we are to how we are to act and how what our roles are in the relationship itself. You know, we're supposed to submit to one another. We're supposed to uh, treat each other with respect and and die to ourselves, even in that marriage to that person. The second one is end, which is nurture. Nurture your relationship with God and with your spouse. You know, whether that's through uh, worship, whether that's through uh, praying, just talking to God. You can do that with God, but also make sure you're doing that with your spouse because ultimately you're going to grow. And from that growth comes the last point. It's E, evolve. Mm. You know, evolving requires growth and growth requires change. In order for us to keep progressing in this relationship, we have to keep changing and evolving Mm. into who God has called us to be in this relationship. So we constantly are improving. It's adapt or die. And we have to constantly keep evolving and Evolving, making sure that we're evolving with our spouse to where God has called us to be. That is so good. And, you know, we have to remember the end goal of marriage is to become one. God's goal for us is to unite, to be united, and to become one. So good. It's so good, man. That was an excellent chapter. Absolutely. And this will lead us to our final chapter, chapter nine. And this is also setting us up for a successful marriage. Yeah. It's Michael Todd lays out three major keys to a successful marriage throughout this chapter. And I love this quote that Michael Todd says. He says, you know, marriage is a paradox. It's the most appealing relationship on earth, but it requires consistent hard work and sacrifice. Mm. That is so true. You know, we see couples like all the time we admire, you know, uh, just to name a couple, Justin Bieber and Mm -hmm. Haley Bieber. Like I... Everyone loves them, you know. Relationship goals. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. They work so hard at their marriage, and it's so much harder even in the spotlight, right? Yeah. And it, it takes real hard work and dedication in order to create that successful marriage. And, you know, everyone wants that, and but not everyone is willing to work mm-hmm. for it. And it's just like he makes an awesome uh, comparison here, you know, just like how everyone wants to be like absolutely like jacked, super fit. And, you know, you see you see the chiseled abs, you see the big biceps. But how many people are actually willing to put the work into getting those things? That's right. Yeah, it's hard work. It's dedication. It's meal prepping. It's time in the gym. It's time. It's sacrifice. How many of us are actually willing to get there to that point? So marriage is a paradox and it may look pretty, but the work behind it isn't always. I'm about to make this man talk about this whole chapter himself. He's preaching to us so good. That's right. But I'm going to go into key number one. 
understanding each other's needs. And in marriage, it's crucial to know the difference between what your spouse wants and what your spouse needs. Mm. All of us have wants and needs in our lives. And when you become one, that doubles. Mm. So being able to recognize what you want and what you need and what your spouse wants and needs is so important in a relationship. And kind of talking off or kicking it off with, you know, the women. And what the women need and what Michael Todd says women need. I think um, his wife, Natalie, even talks in this chapter a little bit. Um, women need security. And us as men need to, and the man in the relationship, the husband, need to uh, acknowledge uh, the security that their spouse wants. Mm. You know, whether it's uh, emotional, physical, financial, um, we need Huge. to recognize that we need to be that safe place for them. Yeah. If they're coming home and they're struggling, they've had a long day, take the time to sit down and, you know, talk about their day. Let them vent to you. Yeah. You know, us as guys, you may not want to, but to be a good husband, to take the sacrifice, the time to sit with your wife or your spouse, your fiance, your girlfriend, even just to hear them out on what their, how their day's been. That's important. And it'll yeah. show them how important they are to you. And they be, feel secure. And that's they feel right. Safe. They yeah. feel safe. Um, another thing that women need is affection and Sex can be a result of affection, but it should not be the motivation. Mm, so good. You can show affection to your, your wife um, in many other ways. Just giving them words of affirmation, mm-hmm. you know, maybe uh, getting up and making them that coffee at six in the morning, yeah. uh, bringing them home flowers, uh, you know, just the, even the little things, just giving them a kiss on the cheek randomly, mm-hmm. um, you know. They like the um, the affection to, and for that to continue even later on in your relationship. Yeah. You know, some relationships you have the honeymoon stage when you're starting out. It's easy to give that affection. But what about on your 20th and your, your 25th anniversary, year anniversary, when you've been together for over two decades mm. and that affection still needs to be as strong as it was at the beginning? Yeah. They want that. They for want sure. to know that you still care 20, 25 years down the road. So, you know, enough of me talking about that. Why don't you talk to our viewers about what men maybe want in yeah. a relationship? And it's important, I think, to distinguish what women's needs are in a relationship versus men's needs. Mm. Because, you know, God created us equally, but men and women are very different. Right. And, you know, culture may say, oh, you know what, men and women, they're not different at all. But that's not true at all. God created us, created us with differences. Mm. And that's a good thing. Those yeah. differences need to be celebrated. But at the same time, we need to recognize what those differences are and when it comes to relationships and how we can actually succeed in these relationships. Yeah. So for men, men's needs, uh, you know, men need honor and respect. You know, for all you ladies out there, for all you uh, women in marriages, you have to give honor and respect to your man you know you need to allow him to make maybe some decisions for himself in the relationship and you know what uh natalie is writing at this part again and she talks about how uh michael she she let him make a decision for himself and you know what it didn't end up that great and she had to let him go through that and fail Mm. in order for him to feel that honor and that respect and she respectfully said, you know what, Michael, I'm going to let you do this because I love you, I respect you, and I'm going to honor you by doing this. So good. And through that failure, you know, they worked it out and they talked about it. And oftentimes we see in relationships that, you know, maybe it, it's, it's between a, a husband and a wife, we see it almost as a mother and a son sort of relationship. It sounds really gross, but that's a lot of times that's what it turns into. And we can't look at it, at, we can't look at it 
like that. We have to look at it as a partnership. Mm. When you are in a covenant, when you are in a marriage, it's a partnership yeah. and you have to respect each other through that. Absolutely. You know, we have to, uh, ladies, you have to let God be the enforcer. Don't fight the battles that God can. You know, we're only human. We can only fight so many battles. Yeah. And we, sometimes we have to take the control off. We have to, we have to ease up on the gas pedal. Yeah. We have to say, you know what, God, this is your problem. This, I can't fix this. And God, I'm giving this to you. And you know what? Honor the man you want him to be, not the man he is right now. Mm. He says this great quote, you praise what you want repeated. So ladies, you know what? And this goes for men too. If you see your mans, he's washing the dishes, encourage him. Yeah. Be like, okay, you're doing great, sweetie. Like, look at those dishes. They're sparkling <laughs> back at me. Right. Encourage him. Praise what you want to be repeated. He's yeah. working out. He's doing some curls, man. Be like, okay, shawty. Yeah. Your arms are looking good. You got to encourage him. Praise what you want repeated. The second point is men need support. You know, as men in the relationship, God has called us to be the leaders of this relationship. And, you know, we are walking along with the women in this relationship and we need support behind us. If the man is the head, the woman is the neck that supports him. How many of y'all know if we just had a head and no neck, we wouldn't be able to do very much at all? Yeah, we couldn't look around. Just be ugly. Right, yeah, we'd be ugly. We need that support behind us. And some ways we can do that is, you know, being present with them, presence. Just being there, just physically being there with them, even mentally being there with them. Yeah encouragement you know send an encouraging text like we talked about those words of affirmation those go a long way in encouraging yeah. and being in that supportive role uh wisdom you know maybe you have a helpful or a different perspective that will bring light or bring a solution to a problem that he's going through and last is prayer mm -hmm. how many of y'all know that prayer can move mountains far beyond what you and i can it's do the most powerful thing it's yeah. the most powerful thing and we as being women in the relationship and being that support role, pray for your man. Pray that he will lead the relationship well. Pray that he will, he will listen to God. Pray that he will lead you and your children mm. in the light that God has called you That's to right. be. And the last point is... Men need sex. That is so true. Yeah. I think that's just like a human thing overall. Absolutely. Women need sex too. But yeah. men, it's like scientifically proven that men have a higher sex drive than yeah. women do. And in the relationship itself, it's so important that uh, men are getting sex within the marriage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, marriage is, it's a knot. And sometimes that knot can be loosened. And one of the ways that we can tighten that knot is through sex, through right. having that intimacy, because sex is one of the most intimate things that we can achieve. Yeah. And it's not only on a physical level, it's on a spiritual, it's on an emotional level, like we talked about mm -hmm. before. It's good. It goes so far. And in order to keep that fire alive, we need to have those moments of, uh, of sex and those moments of sexual intimacy. Mm. And, you know, that leads us to our second point, key to, to maintaining that successful marriage, yeah. knowing how to talk to each other. Yeah. And we've talked about this before um, in our previous episodes, uh, the importance of communication. 
communication is not just about the quantity and how much you talk with each other, but it's also about the quality, mm. what you're talking about, how you're talking with each other. Are you just, you know, communicating in our, the living room with the kids all over the place? Are you sitting down when the kids are in bed and it's quiet and you can really listen to each yeah, other? Quality good. is greater than quantity. Mm. So we need to learn different ways how we can communicate with our spouse. And, you know, there's love languages. There's different ways that um, people, you know, want to communicate. Some are through touch. Some are through um, affirmation and, you know, affection. Some mm-hmm. are gifts. Some people like gifts. You know, I'm not saying you have to get a gift all the time, but yeah. it's nice. It helps them. There's, there's other ones, too. Um, but, you know, to be able to communicate with your spouse, your significant other, in more ways than one is beneficial. When you can just look at your spouse and know that something's wrong, that's a form of communication. That just shows that you communicate well. Right. And when you block off a sense of communication, it's going to take your relationship in a downward spiral. And Michael Todd says, your words are either building up the person you want to be married to or they are tearing down the person you have to be married to. And I was like, that's so good, man. man. This man really likes to hit me with these quotes. Right. But the, your words are important. How mm-hmm. you interact with your spouse mm-hmm. is important. And you can either build up the person you want to be married to or you're tearing them down. Yeah. And that's rel- that's on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God is playing a role in your relationship, but he also gives you the free will. Mm. And how you communicate with your spouse is important. Absolutely, dude. And that segues perfectly into key number three, knowing how to resolve conflict. Yep. And that all stems from communication. Mm. And uh, in relationships, it's so important to know how, first of all, you handle conflict, mm-hmm. how your spouse handles conflict and how together you can resolve the conflict right you know michael todd says you don't want to stay in conflict you want to disagree in a way that strengthens your unity without leaving scars Mm. he talks about you know conflict it's not bad no but if we stay there if we stay in that state of conflict it can cause significant damage it can cause us to have scars you know me personally i have had emotional scars that i still carry with me today of past conflicts that i've had and it is absolutely it's it's devastating yeah and it can really cause some serious damage if you're not careful Mm -hmm. and it's important to not just stay in that conflict but try to resolve that conflict and move forward absolutely and it's not always a bad thing but you can't stay there Mm, that's so good and i'm so glad you talked about that because then this kind of brings up another point that he brings up in this in this chapter is expectations and us as people in general whether you're single or in a relationship need to have expectations we all have them mm-hmm. and when you come together as one your expect expectations need to be met and you need to keep up with the expectations that your spouse has right because Otherwise, you're going to get upset with each other. If I have expectations for someone and they don't meet them, I get upset. Yeah. And if I and if someone has expectations for me and I don't su- succeed in those, they're going to be upset. Absolutely. And in a marriage, that's the last thing you want is to be upset with each other over your expectations. Yeah. And, you know, with my new relationship, you know, I was never the best at school. But now she has an expectation for me to do good in school. I'm grinding it out in school. I have goals. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to have in relationships and expectations with each other is we need to set those goals and we need to achieve them not only for ourselves, but for our spouse. Mm. Yeah, dude, that's so good. And on top of that, it's also important to make those expectations known to your spouse and letting them know what your expectations even are. 
when you don't speak your expectation from the beginning, you're setting up yourself and your spouse for failure. And you know, that all goes back to communication, communicating what those expectations are. And then from there, then you can start to meet those expectations while you're still having that communication because it all goes back to communication and that healthiness and saying, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to accomplish these expectations that you've laid out for me mm. and I'm going to let you know what they are before we get down the road and I completely ruined all your expectations yeah. and we have to make those clear in the relationship and you know on top of that it's also all about our tone and our word choice mm. when it comes to conflict you know fluff this word fluff that he, Michael Todd talks about it's it's a secondary emotion mm. you know fluff will make you feel better in the moment but it will create defensiveness and kill your chance to resolve your differences. So like I said, this fluff, it's this secondary emotion like anger. And when we are trying to resolve this conflict, it can't just all be fluff. It can't be, hey, I'm mad because of this reason and you caused me this pain. Don't let your tone and your word choice go in that direction and be full of fluff because it can cause damage, which didn't even need to be there in the first place. You know, we have to be intentional about our word choice, about our tone. Say, hey, you know what? I noticed this and this is how it made me feel. And from there, that opens a dialogue and say, okay, well, why did you feel that? And from there, then a conversation and then that communication begins to happen. And maybe it's an unmet expectation. Well, then you can say, well, you see, I had these set of expectations and you failed to meet them. And it's making me feel this way. Mm. Instead of leading with a feeling, a, a secondary emotion of anger, you know, lead with the facts, lead with what is happening in that moment and how we can work towards meeting those expectations and from there we can resolve conflict that's right it's pretty it's a pretty simple formula actually you know if you you don't you know beat around the bush get to the point but in a respectful way and in a great tone and using the right words don't be hurtful don't be harmful just express how you feel and then tell them what expect- expectations you had. And like you said, it opens up a dialogue to communicate. Yeah. And that's really the whole basis of the big major key is to be able to communicate and be open and honest with each other respectfully. And that's how you're going to have a successful marriage. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. That's the end of chapter nine. That awesome. includes Relationship Goals by Michael Todd. Oh, my god! I can't believe we've gone through this three-week series. And, it's amazing. Um, it was such a great book. Uh, so great. You know, God really spoke through Michael in this book, and we are just so happy that we got to read it and kind of elaborate on it a little bit. We hope yeah. you guys learned something. Um, if it was small, if it was big, we just hope that, you know, you can grow in your relationship with your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, and most importantly, God. And so, even in your singleness. That's too. right. Your singleness. Can't yeah. forget that one um but thank you guys so much um for tuning in with us on this last episode um we've got some exciting things ahead of us um throughout this podcast and uh we may be even asking you guys some questions on what you guys want to see as well um this coming week we've got a giveaway going away we've got our first little set of merchant coming out let's do um, it. it's a little bit of a prototype but it still looks pretty cool we've yeah. been rocking it um we're also going to be giving away a uh, your own copy of relationship goals by michael todd awesome um, dude so if you guys will so go great. give us a follow on Instagram at the Prison Podcast, um, we'll be having the rules and how you can um, 
apply for to be entered for that as well. Yeah, dude, it's going to be an awesome time. You guys don't want to miss that. And guys, if you are not already, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Spotify, follow us on Instagram at The Prison Podcast, and even follow our socials, even Justin McIver underscore, Josiah underscore Miller underscore. Right. Keep updated on our social media guys we love you guys we thank you so much for tuning in once again we are the prison podcast and we're out y'all hey